When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to this edition of Peak to Pit, Allie Peak alongside TJ Pittinger. It is Super Bowl week and the Bucks are in the Super Bowl. Both TJ and I are based in Tampa, so and and have been basically our whole lives, right? So this is pretty exciting for us. Crazy week. Fire the cannons, not during the game, but before the game. I saw a report come out today that the Bucks were allowed to fire the cannons before the game, uh, during player introductions but not during the game, which I understand. I understand how you don't want to give one team so much of a home field advantage, but if the Bucks win, they better fire those things like 15 times and take on whatever fine the NFL wants to hand out at that point because once the Super Bowl's over, it's no longer a neutral field. Like, right, once Kansas City's walking off, fire the cannons, right? Now, if they lose, I, you know, whatever, don't, don't fire it for them. But <laughs> if we win... Let's fire the cannon. Let's go. So yeah, Super Bowl week. I've I've not liked this extra week. Like we talked about last week, I really liked when uh, the Bucks just played the the next week after beating Philadelphia. They just played the Raiders next week, and, and you didn't have to like anticipate it for two weeks or think about it. Um, so I've been trying to not think about it as much because like I'm just I'm an overthinker anyway, and so like just trying to not think about the game is, is my best strategy. So we're going to Disney on Saturday and I figure if I'm chasing a two and a half year old around Disney all day, I won't be thinking about the game as much. So uh, I guess we're going to think about it a little bit tonight as we talk about it, but how has your last week been? What are, what are you, what are you guys doing for the Super Bowl? What's going on here? Uh, I am having a little Super Bowl party um, to it's my brother's birthday which hopefully he doesn't listen to my podcast i guess this is going to be the test because it's a surprise party um so if he does not text me about his surprise party that means he does not support his sister we'll see what happens here (laughs) um (laughs) but we'll you know we'll just we'll have soccer this weekend as always uh baseball is getting ready to start for my littles as well We'll be getting ready for that but then on sunday i think eric's gonna smoke a brisket and we're gonna have the party yeah, no, I'm super excited. I have my whole day planned out Sunday. Uh, we're having people over. I invited you, even though you didn't invite me to your party. But uh, never mind that. We are. I have the whole day planned out. Like I'm gonna get 
we're going to Disney there before, so I'm probably going to sleep in a little bit. And sleeping in doesn't really happen with kids. But you know, when you say Disney, with, you're going to Magic Kingdom. No, we're going to Epcot. We're going, going to Epcot. Epcot. Okay. Um, we did the play four days. Yeah. We 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 priced it out, and we did the the play four days for 199 bucks. And then we're also going to go to, um, this is like a total plug for Disney and they're not even sponsoring us, but we're also going to go to, uh, Mickey's not so scary and Mickey's very Merry Christmas. So we're actually come back this year, which hopefully they do. They're, they're supposed to, they're supposed to come back this year. Like that was, that went into our decision-making. So with our play four days, we're not going to magic kingdom. Because we're we're assuming that we're going to go to Magic Kingdom twice, twice for those in the things. second Got half it. of the year. So we're going to Epcot. My daughter's a big fan of Frozen. We're going to do the Frozen ride. She's a big fan of Nemo. We're going to do Nemo there at Epcot. And then my wife's a big fan of Margaritas. So we're going to go to the Mexico Pavilion for that as well. So okay. Sunday, have the whole day planned out. I'm doing an hour-long um like Super Bowl edition of a football ride live on the Peloton from 9.30 to 10.30. After that, I'm going to run upstairs, take a shower real quick, come back downstairs and smoke a cigar, drink some bourbon at 11 a.m. until whenever I get done with that, like the kids will be napping. That'll be a good time for me to just kind of chill. And then around two, we're going to start cooking and getting stuff ready for people to come over. Game starts at what? Six, 6.30, somewhere in there. And 6.30, I believe. Hopefully see a great game and a win for Tampa Bay. I'm not as confident uh, in the win, but I, I guess I've been negative on the Bucks the entire postseason and it's worked out for me so far. So um, so we'll see. But I'm super excited for Super Bowl Sunday. I mean, Super Bowl Sunday is like, it's obviously magnified because the Bucks are in it. I mean, I talked with you off air. I just picked up like a Super Bowl edition, you know, whiskey today. Like I'm just totally buying into the whole experience, but Super Bowl Sunday is like the culmination of our favorite sport. It's the last event of the of our favorite sport. Like I am so excited for it. Obviously, you add the Bucks in the fact that they're playing, it makes it all that much better. So, uh, what are your thoughts on the game? Yeah, I mean, we've talked about everything that's kind of going on around the game: cigars and bourbon and whiskey and parties and Disney and everything else. What are your thoughts on the Bucks Chiefs this weekend? Um, you know, I think that the chiefs are so damn good that it is going to make it incredibly difficult for the bucks to have, um, to have a real shot, but there isn't anybody. And I know this is really going to ruffle your feathers, but there's no one that I'd rather have a quarterback than Tom Brady, um, in a situation where I feel like the bucks are an underdog. Has the line moved more than what it was when it was open? Cause it opened at three, right? Or three and a half. I haven't seen the line moves very line move very much. I thought that, that was much. a closer spread than it was going than I thought it was going to be. Um, so that's why I was interested to see if it if it moved. I can look it up in a second. But um, you know that that was interesting to me the fact that it was as close as it was because I don't know that I believe that on paper that it is that close. Um, supposedly, what AB is is questionable. That's not good. Um, the Bucks have a couple of safeties that are questionable as well. Also not great for them. Um, but I mean, what do we hear that Sammy Watkins is playing, right? Is that, I think that's the latest on him. So also not great, um, for Tampa, but I, you know, I think we're going to see a great game. I think that Mahomes versus Brady is kind of like 
old guard, new guard. Um, I think there's a lot of cool storylines. I think that it's awesome that this is the very first time that a team that is truly the home team is in the Super Bowl. Um, and I'm pumped for it. And I'm, I am optimistic. I think that the Bucks have a great shot. I just, uh, you know, if you're a betting person, which we are, we're degenerates on this show, um, I think it's hard to pick the Bucks. That being said, clearly I will, but it's not logical. Um, yeah, no, I agree with that. I, you know, I know you said that there's nobody you'd rather have than, than Tom Brady at quarterback. And, and I understand the thinking there based on, you know, where he's been and what he's done in the past, but, but he's not been good this postseason. Um, he ranks 13th of, of 14 eligible quarterbacks in completion percentage that takes out quarterbacks that like completed one pass, like Jameis did, or like a fake, like a, like a running back throwing like a, uh, trick play or something like of, of eligible quarterbacks, like the 14 starting quarterbacks in the NFL in the playoffs, he ranks 13th out of 14 in completion percentage. He also has the second most turnovers, only second to to Ben Roethlisberger, who had first uh, the first amount of turnovers. His rating is in the bottom half as far as just a QB rating. Um, it's got a lot of yards. I will say that you know, like he he is racking up the yards, um, but he's not been good. You know, in the bottom half of of QBs um, so far in the playoffs, and and he's got to be better. You know, if he's, you know, there's no denying his legacy and how great he is all time, anything like that. Like, there's no getting around of anything um, that has to do with that. But he's not been good this playoffs. The Bucks running backs haven't been good this playoffs. They are. 13th and 15th overall in yards per attempt bucks wide receivers lead the NFL in drops. (laughs) So like the whole offense has been terrible the entire playoffs, but the defense has been the best in the NFL and has saved the bucks multiple times over and over and over again in the playoffs. So are we going to really see the defense wins championships thing here? So I don't know. So I don't, the defense has been good enough to get the Bucks by. Um, the defense was good enough to account for Brady throwing three picks against the Packers, right? And the defense forced a bunch of turnovers against the Saints. And then the defense was good enough to beat a below 500. I don't, in the Reds, or in Washington. And that's not to take away from the team. That The defense has been really, really, but I don't think that the Bucks defense is good enough to shut down Kansas City. What I think can happen in a best case scenario for the Bucs, the Bucs have to play their best game, right? The defense has to be continue to play like they have been playing, and the offense needs to improve, right? One of the two cannot take the game off, right? Brady can't throw another three interception game. Not that I expect him to, right? right? right. The, the Bucs running backs can't just be a no-show for the game like they kind of have been for most of the playoffs. The wide receivers can't just drop passes at an insane rate like they've been doing for most of this. So if the offense can step their game up and the defense can improve or or just stay at a at a really good level, I don't know the defense needs to improve much, then I think the Bucks have a chance. If the offense doesn't improve, I don't think the defense nobody just shuts Kansas City down, right? Like right. the defense could be right. really, really good and Kansas City will still score 31, right? So the Bucks need to show some improvement on offense. You know, I've heard Brady's like locked himself away for like 12 days and really been studying film and stuff like that. I, you know, at the end of the day, I, 
I don't care about any of that. It's just perform on Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care if you left yourself away for four months. Like, just yeah, be good on Sunday. Players that are going to be able to dial it in and focus. It's hard to argue that there's much better out there in terms of being able to do that. Yeah, no. And I think he's able to do that. Like you just said, as, as good as anybody, you know, he needs to be better Sunday than he's been in the, in, in all three playoff games. The wide receivers need to be better than they've been in all three playoff games. The running backs need to be better than they've been in all three playoff games or else we're not going to win. Like that's just the end of the story. Like, Like you don't, you know, we were able to get away with, I mean, imagine throwing, and I, as a Jameis fan, like, you know, I can't imagine it, but imagine throwing three interceptions in the NFC championship game and still winning, right? Like if I would have told you, Hey, you're going to win the turnover battle three, like you'd been like, yeah, that that's not happening. <laughs> you know, like There's a lot of throw, things about this football right. season that had you told me, so <laughs> I would but, not, have- but, I, but I guarantee this one and I'll bet anything you want to, we throw three interceptions and give Patrick Mahomes three more possessions, we're not winning that game. Like, it's just not happening. And I I would even probably say like that at like two, you know, like if we we give them two extra possessions, that's too much for how good they are. Uh, Kansas City is by far the the best football team and has been for the last two years. And so the Bucs need to be on their absolute A game. I don't think it happens. Like I, I'm, don't Kara's crush my me, dreams. Yeah, Kara's asked me a million times, like, and I'm just like, man, I, I just think Kansas City's better, you know. Like, yeah. I, I, you know, the Bucks may even come out and play really well. I'm not saying that Brady comes out and just looks like an absolute piece of crap, but like, I, the Bucks may even play better. But I, I just think Kansas City's better, you know. Yeah. And I, I try to be pretty real with it. Like, I, you know, I, I thought the Lakers were better than the Heat, and I picked the Lakers to win that. I thought the Lightning were better than the Stars. I picked the Lightning to win that. I thought the Dodgers were better than, you know, the um, Rays and, and they beat us, right? Like we made it close. We made it interesting, got to a game six, but it just didn't work out. And I think that's what I'd be. I'd love to be wrong here. I'd love to be wrong. I just think Kansas city is a little too much. I like Kansas city with three and a half points. Like that's probably the bet that I'll lock in a little emotional insurance bucks lose. At least I make a little money on Kansas City. My bet loses. At least the Bucks win the Super Bowl, right? Like, so I'm a kind of a winner either way there. I guess unless Kansas City wins by like two, but uh, I do think Kansas City wins. I, I guess you've got the Bucks pulling the upset, or is that more your heart or your head speaking uh, it's there? It's more my heart than my head. I think that it's going to be really difficult to pull off. I just also won't bet against them. Um, but you know, I mean, I think that everything that you're saying is accurate. I think that Kansas City is probably the most complete team um, out there right now. And I think that uh, Mahomes is maybe the best individual player out there right now. And so I, you know, I think that the Bucks have their work cut out for them. I think that there is some emotional thing about doing it at home. I wish that it was going to be a packed stadium because I feel like that uh, would maybe be more of a factor than it probably will be this year. Um but I think that there's something cool about that. I think that it's cool that Tom Brady came to a city that didn't make the playoffs and turned them into a team that's in the Super Bowl. Like I think that there are some emotional things that pull to the Bucks' favor, but it's going to be a battle and the Bucks have to play mistake-free football. 
and that you're right that that's not what we've seen the last playoff game, three game, playoff games. It doesn't mean that they aren't capable of it because they are, um, but we haven't seen it as of recently. Uh, completely random. <laughs> Do you know that Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes' mom are the same age? That's ridiculous. Yeah, I read that today that they are the same age, and I think that is freaking hilarious. Um, I also saw Brady said today that he uh, wouldn't rule out pay- playing past 45, which is just wild when you know what football does to someone's body, um, particularly at quarterback where you are taking a lot of hits. It is wild that he's playing now, but even crazier to, to think – you know, he's may have another couple years left in him, uh, 45 and playing at quarterback. They really kicker is about the only position where you could still be playing at 45. That makes any bit of sense. Um, so that's kind of crazy, but yeah, Don Brady and Patrick Mahomes mother, same age. Um, I, what is he 42 right now? Is that what we're uh, saying? I, he's 42 or 43. Um, I'll look that up. Yeah, 43. So, I mean, I guess I could see him play until – I mean, he says 45. He said – what he said today is I could see myself playing past 45 is what he said today. Yeah, that's, I don't know. That's I, I think that's bold. I don't, I I don't think know. I think it's bold too. Um, you know, he was able to avoid injury this year, which was really big. I mean, we were, we had some concerns around Tampa Bay's offensive line, which definitely improved with Tristan Wirfs. Um, and then the offensive line just kind of gelling together more. They they were leaps and bounds better than they were last year. Last year, um, I want to say uh, – I don't even know the numbers, so I'm not going to try and pretend that. But, like, Jameis took a lot more hits last year than than Brady did this year. And so the offensive line uh, – drafting Tristan – Tristan Wirfs was just an, um, an incredible draft pick, and um, the offensive line overall got better, not just the addition of that one player. But, um, yeah, I mean, if he can stay healthy, I mean, why not? Yeah. Part of me also thinks that if we win on Sunday, he just says, like, all right, I'm good. I did what I mean, I'm going to do. And that, I'm, we I'm talk, we've talked about that in previous episodes, so I think the hardest thing for all of these guys is knowing when to walk away. If he came to Tampa and took this team to a Super Bowl and wins it, there – there is zero reason to come back after that. Retire, ride off on your white horse to your supermodel wife, and hang it up. I don't even know how you top that. Um, but he I won't because these players <laughs> don't know how to uh, hang it up when it's time, which is part of the hardest part, I think, about playing, probably for all professional sports. I just have witnessed it in in professional football a lot but I think that knowing when you're done is difficult for a lot of these players um so you know again I, I, won't. I agree with that but I do think that and we've talked about this too I think the true greats do know when it's I mean I just think done. about Brett Favre and like uh why why yeah, why I mean you know, Brett Favre just, is Brett Favre's really good don't get me wrong but like I'm talking like the absolute true greats like like Michael tried to come back, but then understood where his body was, and so he retired. Like Kobe knew where his body was, and so he retired. I think LeBron's going to do the same thing. Know where his body is and retire. Jeter could have could have played five more years. You know, and I think it's but like for guys oh, oh, that like, won a lot of championships. It's probably a little bit easier if you're somebody who who has had an that incredible career, but chasing yeah. that ring that makes it even harder. Um, so like, I, I don't know. So I I just think that. 
the guys like that know, like they don't want to risk. I mean, they don't want to risk looking bad, right? Like they know when they can and can't give yeah. anymore and, and don't want to like go. But I mean, like, like, clearly like Tom Brady, Brady can't think that clearly because he literally just, tr- he, he left New England and came to the Bucks. I mean, that was a huge gamble. It's paid off so, so far, but like he clearly, he could have just rode off into the sunset in New England. He would have gone down as one of the most winning quarterbacks, uh, you know, a legend. He didn't need anything else to, to add to his resume. And he really did put a lot on the line coming here in general, because what if they had, you know, pooped the bed? Uh, you know, what does that do to his reputation? So it doesn't make me think that he is, um, I, I don't know, that he really knows when to hang it up, given the fact that he came here to begin with. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. But, I mean, who know, I, who knows? Like I, But I could just see it. Like, I could see him come to the Bucks organization and say, like, look, I did what I said I was going to do. I'm, I'm out of here, right? Like, I'm, yeah. I'm retiring yeah. on top. I mean, and no one I, could I mean, blame him. Very... No one would blame him. If he came from one year, won him a Super Bowl, and was out, they'd be like, thank you. Yeah, We're going to build you a statue. Yeah, I mean, LeBron went back to Cleveland for a few years, but, like, won them one title. And Cleveland's yeah. never been happier, right? Like, so, yeah. I mean, obviously, different situation. But, I mean, just as much as that, I mean, no. I could see LeBron – saying like run it or not LeBron. I could see Brady saying run it back. Like let's go again. You know, the hardest thing in professional sports to do is to repeat a championship. I mean, and Brady's not stupid. Like he knows that Um, because you could almost just fast forward to next February and say, all right, put the two teams in the same team again. You're going to beat Mahomes again. (laughs) You know, like, I Um, mean, you're going to upset them a second time. So anyway, yeah, I mean, I could see it kind of going either way. I think, I think what's going to happen is that the Bucks are going to lose and that's going to inspire him to come back. I don't think he's going to have, I don't think he's going to have the, I don't think he's going to have like the thought of like, Oh, I won. Should I retire? Right. In his he's mind. Not I, think have it's be, I mean, I won him too. <laughs> I just obviously, don't think it's going to happen. Obviously. I just don't so, think that's going to happen. The Chiefs and the Bucks played back in week 12. Uh, the Chiefs won 27-24. That is noticeable, or notable excuse me, because um, that's happened. There's been a rematch in the Super Bowl of a regular season game 13 times, right? The losing team has a 7-6 and six record in the Super Bowl matchup, rematch. Also notable, no AFC team has ever beaten an NFC team twice in one season. So there's a little bit of stats for you from this game that, uh, you know, maybe that plays to the Bucks' favor there. Possibly. What I will say is that game, I believe the Chiefs were up 24 to 3 to start the game and, and pretty massively took their foot off the pedal. And um, <laughs> yeah, that would be an understatement. And so that's kind of the thing in this one is I, the Bucks can't start out like that. Like right. obviously they have to start better because there will be no taking your foot off the pedal or anything like that. I yeah. tr- try not to read into like the stats from previous seasons impacting this one and no AFC teams ever being this because it's like saying like the NFCs covered the spread in the last 10. Okay, great. You know, like that has no impact on, you know, what today's team may do or what this year. But – I mean, if it helps you feel better about the game <laughs> coming up on Sunday, I don't mean to be a Debbie Downer. I just don't, I don't play as much I, in I like love, the history of it. I love looking at the history of matchups and, 
you know, Super Bowls and all of that stuff. And that helps me pass the time as the week goes on. Um, I did see something hysterical on Twitter. They're talking about rooting for Brady if you weren't a Bucks fan. And it basically was saying that rooting for Brady to win a Super Bowl if he's not playing for your team is like uh, rooting for a hedge fund to win a short selling battle against everyone on Reddit. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought that was hilarious. It was basically like, you don't feel good about yourself. Uh, if you, if you root for him, if you're not a Bucks fan. Um, but you know, I, I honestly, I think it's going to be a great game. I, I, we always feel like Vegas knows. Right. And I feel like three points is such a small spread, which kind of makes me excited. Yeah. To me, I would take Kansas city up to a seven point favorite. Like I would, if, if the, if the line, like when I bet my own money this week, I'll probably put a bottle of whiskey on this game too. But when I literally place a bet with my own money coming out of my checking account, I would take Kansas City up to seven points. Now, once you get past seven, I feel like that's kind of where you're like, well, Tom Brady's not going to lose by two scores. right? right? So, right. so I, I think I like the Bucks there. But I'm shocked that it's been at three and a half and stayed there for, you know, what looks like it's going to be two weeks. I mean, we're on we're at Tuesday yeah. right now. People yeah. are listening to this on Wednesday. But it looks like it's going to get to game time and, and just stay at three and a half, which yeah. maybe that's Vegas making a statement. You know, we're not going to yeah. move the line based on money. Maybe they just set the line really well. So I, I don't know, but um, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun to see. I mean, we'll obviously do another show right after the Super Bowl, so next Monday or Tuesday to be able to talk about it. Yeah. Um, this is the I fifth mean, time the quarterbacks have played each other um, too. And I, I don't know about you, but like, I'm here for them playing each other as many times as we can possibly get before Brady retires. I love a good quarterback battle. Yeah. I mean, Mahomes I think we're going to see a lot of points, right? I think so. I mean, the Kansas city's defense isn't incredible. The, the bucks defense has been very, very boomer bust, like opportunistic. Yeah, like and they, the injuries kind of freaked me out a little bit. Yeah the possibility of the Bucks being down two starting safeties is, is pretty worrisome against the best quarterback in the league right now. Uh, but you've got the best quarterback ever going up against, like I just said, the best quarterback playing today. Um, and yeah, I, I think a lot of points, I think, I think the team that gets to 31 or above, like somewhere in that range, like the team that gets past 31 first wins, Right. Like, so I don't see somebody winning this game 28 17. I think that, you know, if Kansas City is able to, is able to get past 31 first, they probably win. If, if the Bucks are able to get past 31 first, like they probably win and, and hold on. So, like, to me, that's kind of the magic number. Like, whoever so the, gets there and the first Chiefs average 31.6 points on the road this season. Yeah. And, um, and they're the 8 0 on the road. Yeah, no, they're really good. Um, so I don't know. I think that. So I think it's going to be tough. Like it, the Bucks are going to have the Bucks have the Bucks have thrived and capitalized on mistakes. Again, the offense hasn't been very good this postseason. The Bucks have scored six touchdowns on short fields, so yeah. fifty yards or less. Um, the. Uh, Washington game, they scored on a short field once. The Saints game, they short, scored on a short field three times. And then the Green Bay game, they sc- short, scored on a short field twice. 
I don't know that they're going to get those opportunities against Kansas City. I don't know that Patrick Mahomes is going to give them short fields because of turnovers. But if he does, the Bucs have to continue to take advantage of that with touchdowns. Um, if Patrick Mahomes doesn't give the Bucs those extra opportunities that they've been getting game after game after game the last three games, I think that's you know where I worry about Tampa Bay's offense being able to go put up, um, yeah, you know, thirty-one points unassisted. Right? They put up, uh, what was it like 20, 28, 29, whatever it was against Washington with seven coming off the turnovers. They put up thirty against New Orleans with twenty-one coming off of turnovers. They put up twenty-eight against the Packers with fourteen coming off of turnovers. So without the turnover games, they're scoring like. 21 and 10 and 14 points yeah. a game, that's not enough against Kansas yeah. City. Like, you've got to score 30. And if Kansas City's not turning the ball over like these other teams have, I think that becomes very, very tough to do. So, anyway, all that well, said, the Bucks need to raise their level of play, hope that Kansas City has a little bit of an off night or whatever, and they'll be fine. So, so you know, we'll they're going to be without their starting left tackle, which that's something the Bucks could look to exploit. I'm sure they will. Um, I mean, Mahomes is super mobile, so I don't know exactly how effective that will be, but it's got to be better than having your starting left tackle, right? If it's got to be better for the Bucks that they don't that Kansas City doesn't have their okay. starting left tackle. So I'd look at that a little bit. Really random. Brady has never scored a Super Bowl touchdown in the first quarter in any Super Bowl he's ever played in. I feel like if that streak continues on Sunday, really not a good sign for Tampa because they just, uh, because we know they need a mess of points, already chalking up an entire quarter to not getting any is not um, helpful. But, uh, you know, I, I don't. It's gonna be it's gonna be a battle. I keep talking myself into different opinions as we sit here. Um and I'm excited. Yeah, no, I agree with you on the first quarter thing. Have to improve there. That's a um, wild stat. It is. Yeah. I mean, if you look at Brady's numbers overall in the Super Bowl, um they're not overly impressive. I mean, he's always had a really good defense, he's always had good weapons and good running games and stuff like that, but yeah, I mean, he just needs to elevate his play. Like, yeah. you're the GOAT. You're the best ever. You need to be better in the Super Bowl or else we're not winning, right? Like, we're not we're not necessarily not – like, he. I'm not saying that he has no part in it, but we're in the Super Bowl right now because of our defense, and they've brought us this far. Like, he needs to put us over the top. And if he doesn't, then we'll try again next year, right? Like, that's yeah. that's what it all kind of comes down to. I, I can't count on the defense to give me four turnovers against Mahomes and that be what wins us the game because – I, Patrick Mahomes never had that many turnovers like in a season, let alone one game. So, um, anyway, going from the Super Bowl to some sort of off the field news, this is not—I I don't know where this falls in the scheme of football news. But are you a video? Do you play? Video, did you ever play video games? I—you I, don't strike me as a video game. No, player. I'm not no. a video game person. However, okay. I do um, acknowledge the excited. The, how exciting this is for lots of people. Not me in particular, but lots of people. I play two video games to this day. I was playing a video game when you text me that you were ready, and that's why I said I needed five more minutes because I was finishing up the game. I play NCAA 14, which was the last year that that came out. Obviously, we're going to talk about that in a moment. And I play whatever the newest year of FIFA is. So right now I'm playing FIFA 21. I'd say I probably play them like, like a 66 to 33% ratio. Like I play twice as much football as FIFA, but 
sometimes and do you I'll play against like yourself uh, i play in online dynasties so the ea servers have been left up so i'm in a couple of online dynasties where you know i'm in year you know 16 as georgia and i'm in another one where i'm in year seven as florida state i'm in another one where i'm in year four as ucf and so like i i'm playing against other guys online on a week-to-week basis um which is a lot of fun so like i'm it's like playing your buddies but you know they're in different parts of like one guy lives in alabama a bunch of them live here in florida one guy lives in new york so uh, you know no i'm playing the computer some weeks but most weeks i'm just playing another guy in the dynasty uh on fifa i play other people all across the world usually just getting spanked by chinese kids like that are eight years old i'm sure well i uh don't have time for video games and if i did have (laughs) extra time i don't know what I would do, shower more often or something. I don't know. It wouldn't be playing video games. But again, I'm super pumped for you. Uh, I am super excited. Yeah. So we didn't mention this. So into, I mean, I, everybody that's listening knows, but NCAA, uh, a, a new video game is coming out. It doesn't sound like it's anytime super soon. Sounds like maybe 2022, 2023. Um, I will be playing it a ton I will move all my dynasties from this old 2014 game uh, up to the 2022, 2023, whenever it comes out game. Um, it's the only thing that like keeps me playing video games is this one game. Like I do like FIFA as well. Again, like, I get one FIFA game in a week, two to three of the other ones, you know, usually late at night once the kids have gone down, Kara ran up to some store marshals or something while we were on here. So, I had 30 minutes to play, thought I could get a game in, didn't finish it. But um, yeah, I'm super excited for NCAA to come back. Uh, that was the best news I've gotten since I don't even I, I don't even know. Maybe my son being born. Like I don't even know what uh, how to compare this to. Like it might be better than that. So anyway, just kidding. Scratch that. Like edit that part out. So um, also good news. Uh, UF basketball is going to extend Mike White. Like UF basketball is back. <laughs> you after you wanted to be back just af- enough. After our conversation last week, UF went two and zero, a win against know, West so Virginia. Things. It was a good win. Um, yeah, that was, was a quality say, win for UF. Yeah, first win was I. I don't remember who it was, but like Vandy Vanderbilt, or I think. But then to go into West Virginia and win, Mike White shows that Florida fans just needed to have more patience and. I believe in Mike White, and I'm very excited for the UF basketball program moving forward. Massive win. Yeah, it was it was a big – I would not call it a massive win. It was a great win. It was a good win for UF basketball. Um, I don't think that, you know, three or four good wins necessarily um, changes my view on Mike White. But I'm also not one of those people that are like, oh, my gosh, we have to fire him absolutely this second. I don't know that I think that he's the right person for the long term of the program. But I can acknowledge that he has Florida trending right now in the right direction. Let's see, you know, end of February where we stand on this. But I I, I mean, I think Mike White was coming back this year no matter what. I don't I can't imagine in a covid year given the moderate success that he has had over his career, that this would be the year that they can him. I think even if he had a terrible season this year, nothing would probably happen until at least next season. Um, So I don't know that him winning really is buying him more time. I think he had that time 
anyway. Um, but I'm happy for this. I think this is great. I don't, you never want, you know, you never root against your coach or want, well, I guess you do if your coach is Willie Taggart, but in general, I did a couple of times. Yeah. <laughs> that was came flooding back to me. Um, in general, I want my guy to be to be good. Even if I am not 100% sure that he's the guy for the job, maybe he is. Maybe this is on-the-job training. And at the moment, UF is trending in the right direction. But like I said, three or four great wins doesn't – or good wins doesn't necessarily totally change the tide for me. I hope Florida wins out the rest of the regular season and they give him a lifetime contract because <laughs> I don't have the – I don't have the hatred for Florida basketball that I – or like the dislike that I have for Florida football. Like I – I'm not one of these guys like, oh, I want Florida to be 11-0 coming into that Thanksgiving weekend. Get No, I want you guys to lose every game because for recruiting purposes, it's just better if Florida is not good. It's better for Florida State if Florida is not good, right? I'm not one of these old school 90s guys that's like, oh, yeah, I wanted, I wanted to be 11-0 coming in and See, we listen, ruined their season. You're talking to now, a girl that was raised in a house by a Florida player who told me you want Florida State to be to win every game on their – uh, schedule until you play them because you want and, to crush and, their soul. So I, and if you value that more than just the, the teams are too like with, with recruiting the way that, and that may have been the case back in the nineties, right? When kids didn't go out of state and you weren't losing recruits to Alabama and Clemson and Ohio state and Georgia and all of the elite programs because kids didn't leave the state like that. But now that we are, and now that that doesn't matter anymore because the playoff exists and everything else. Um, in fact, if if both teams win all of their games every year, the Florida-Florida State game literally doesn't mean anything, right? Like Florida could win out every year and lose to Florida State and they would always make the playoff. And the same thing with Florida State. They could win out every year and then go on and win the AC and they'd make the playoff. Now, now obviously it means something to us emotionally, but all that said, no, it is better for Florida state for Florida to be and 12 every year for recruiting for in-state battles that you're trying to get kids trying to keep them away from, Hey, look, we're the premier program in the state. Don't go out of state to, you know, Clemson, blah, blah, blah. You're not fighting Florida for those kids. So basketball to me is different. I don't care at all. It does a resume means so much in where you're seated and stuff like that. And I want Florida to be great in basketball. I am completely okay with it because we're always going to beat Florida. Like Leonard Hamilton is not going to lose to Mike White. And so I want Florida to continue to win because that just makes our win against Florida look even better. And it's just another quality. Like all the teams that Florida State wins and loses against during the year. I want them to be better. And so not only do I want you guys to keep Mike White, I want that win to be better for us. So yeah, I'm all in on the uh I believe in Mike White train. You guys play South I'm I'm tuned in. We're on a little bit of a COVID break, break number two of the year. You guys play South Carolina tomorrow night, six thirty. I will be in orange and blue, figuratively, not literally, but cheering for you guys to win that game tomorrow night. I'm 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 riding with Mike White. He's my man. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> welcome to welcome on the train, I guess, for whatever reason you're here. <laughs> um, speaking of train, I don't really know how this hey, is going to be real careful. Yeah. Train. Oh, God. No, no. Get out of here. Uh, the Sabin train got rolling this week. 
and a video got leaked. This is the worst transition in the history of transitions. Uh, <laughs> I'm kind of here a, for it, though. <laughs> a video got leaked of Nick Saban recruiting somebody to Alabama. Did you get a chance to watch this video? Yes. I watched this video, and I actually sent it to a friend of mine on UF's coaching staff. was like, I hope all of y'all have seen this. They had, by the way. Uh, um, amazing. It is. Not it's that it was, pretty amazing. Not that it was not and the actual I was talking with Dan today about this. Um Dan Thompson of State of Miguel. I it wasn't like so earth shattering about no, it. It's like when you but, walk into the Apple, it's like when you walk into the Peloton store, right? Like an international mall. You don't have to say, like, oh, sell me on a Peloton, right? Like it's not, oh, tell me all the bells. No. Like they just tell you about it and you buy it, right? Like, and that's what Saban, like you don't walk into the Tesla dealership and say like, Hey, why are you guys better than Ford? Right? Like, why should I buy this instead of Ford's car? Right. Or Chevy's, you know, energy efficient car or, or Prius or whatever. You don't walk into the MacBook store and say like, Hey, why are you guys better than, or like the Apple store and say, Hey, why is your MacBook better than this right. PC over here? Like the product sells itself. And that's what right. Saban said. Like, well, he, that is. He, so- he knows that. So for the for for all of you that haven't watched the video, essentially it's Saban on Zoom with a recruit. We don't know who the recruit is, and it's about I think it's like two and a half minutes long, something like that. And essentially, he says that other schools are going to tell you, you know, you should come to our school because you you could get immediate playing time, and you'll have to sit on the bench at Alabama. And Saban's like, one, that's disrespectful to you because it's telling you that they don't think you're good enough to immediately play at Alabama Two, it's telling you that they know they're worse than Alabama. Um, and uh, you know, which both those things I was like, well, guess we can't tell that to recruits anymore. Cause that's totally accurate. And then he, he went on to talk about how, if you talk to Alabama players that they will tell you that they got better because the guys that they went against in practice were better than the guys that they were playing on Saturdays and that they, you know, basically Alabama has all the tools to get you to the league. They get tons of players there. A lot of that comes from the competition that happens in practices. And, you know, it's an insult to you if somebody says, come here because you could play immediately. I mean, he also laid out the, um, I mean, he also laid out like what they've done he said, yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, the you list their said, accomplishments. The- it's absurd. And he said it like, so matter of factly. Oh yeah. Like, so oh, we've been there nine of the last 11 times we've won, you know, seven and blah, blah, blah. We've done this. We've put this many guys in the NFL. I think he said like something like, I don't know, maybe there's 62 active Alabama players. The next closest is 40 something, whatever the stats were, there was like a 20 point a 20 person difference between how many players Alabama currently has active in the league and the next closest school, which I think is Ohio state, but I'm not positive. He doesn't mention who it is. Um, but uh, I mean, the stats that he rattles off at the beginning are completely impressive, but I just think to lay out so matter of factly, why what every other school is telling you is actually insulting to you, uh, was incredibly eye opening. To me, because it's true. I guarantee you schools are like, do you want to go to Alabama and be the fourth string quarterback and sit on that bench and pray you get a chance to start your senior year? Or do you want to come here where you could potentially start as a freshman? And I, you know, that's the line, right? At every single position for when you recruit against Alabama. 
not anymore. Got to come up with something new now. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, the rich get richer with their staff. Um, but this, it's unfair. I'm upset. (laughs) I'm getting heated about it. Like we got to talk about something else. Um, yeah, it's insane. Um, so yeah, no, it's, it's ridiculous. Like it is, um, it's so incredible to see. And I don't really, I mean, it's maybe it's a little different for you. I don't know how different it is for you or not. Cause I know you enjoy greatness too. I know it's a little bit different when you're in that division or in that conference and you know that like, man, to ever get anywhere, we're going to have to beat this guy. And that's pretty daunting, you know, but like, we're terrible right now. So like, we don't even think about that kind of thing. So, I mean, I like greatness. I love, oh, I do too. Uh, you know, I, I, I love watching, I love watching Kobe obviously. And I love watching LeBron and I love watching just, I mean, I love watching. I loved watching Barry Bonds when I was in middle school. I loved watching. I love watching Mike Trout now. I love like just pure greatness. Um, yeah, no, I fully appreciate um, greatness, and I think that you know, I know that everybody has their opinions on how players get to Alabama, but uh, from the people that I know that played at Alabama, that you know, some of which were some big name people, I actually think that Alabama does recruit on the up and up. And I'm sure that that's I'm in the minority that thinks that, but I, I really do feel like they do things the right way. And so for me, it is even cooler to watch greatness. I there's other programs that I certainly have my suspicions on something going on behind the scenes. And I think like for instance, USC in the early 2000s, we all knew something was up out there, right? And so like, but I don't get that feeling with Alabama at all. I really think that Nick Saban prides himself on doing things the right way. I think that he is so competitive that I don't know that he would allow himself the out of cheating. You know, I I I honestly don't know that I believe he could justify that to himself. And that makes his greatness even greater to me. And it is cool to watch. And it does suck to have him in your same conference and have it make it that much dif- more difficult for your team to get there. But I think at the end of the day, we know that if Alabama gets there, Alabama's probably going to win. So, you know, if there has to be a team that's a roadblock, at least it's not like a Notre Dame or something. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, man, it's just a, it's just a, I, I hate the cliche, but it's just a freaking well-oiled machine. And it is. It's a well-oiled machine. It, it there is no one that has ever done it like Nick Saban, and there probably never will be, at least not in our lifetime. Um, what he is doing is astounding. Yeah, it, it, like you said, and there's it's no never- end in sight. You know, every year is this the year that Alabama took a step back? This Alabama team's not. And every year that that said, I feel like it's that becomes the best Alabama team we've ever seen. I mean, tr- prior to this year, we heard this Alabama team is going to have taken a step back. This will be interesting. This will probably be up for grabs a little bit more because Alabama is going to have lost a step. And uh, honestly, this may be the com- most complete Alabama team we've ever watched. Yeah, I mean, oh, certainly. Oh, gosh. Yeah, it was insane. And next year is going to be just as insane, I'm sure. You know, like it'll it'll be absolutely ridiculous. and. You know, the rich get richer. They're 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 literally signing the best signing class that ever existed. Ever. Like statistically, ever. like the best. Like not only, I mean, they're losing some talent. Not just right? best like for losing, Alabama, the best ever. They're they are losing the best quarterback, running back, wide receiver trio that they've ever had. Right, like the best of all three at one time. But 
the fact that they're replacing these guys with the best class ever is insane. So, um, Florida and Florida state also picked up a couple of people in their classes. Um, Florida got a five-star former five-star transfer tight end, um, Gilbert transferring in, um, from LSU, he does need a waiver to get approved to be able to play in conference without sitting out for two semesters. So that is yet to be determined. I'd imagine he gets that, but I, I mean, thought I read that Traeger. they were expecting pretty much everybody to get waivers because this past year was a gimme gear. Um, so I, I don't know, but I think that they're expecting pretty much everybody to get waivers. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. I, the article I saw today said that it literally was just up to the SEC. So I, I don't know. Like that's an SEC rule, not an NCAA rule. Yeah. So I don't. I think I that the way I think that the, the way that that works is whether or not Saban signs off on probably, it. If, probably. If Saban says that he can play, he'll play. If Saban's like, I guess I we'll know if Saban likes so. Mullen or not after this. Um, uh, so yeah, I'm not a hundred percent sure on that one. Um, he was the, he, if Florida had signed him in their, uh, high school recruiting class, he would have been the eighth highest ranked player that Florida has ever signed in the hundred plus year history of their football program. That's insane. It's crazy, right? And uh, it would have moved the signing class up multiple spots. Like it's very interesting, and we touched on this a little bit um, last episode, so we I won't harp on it a, a lot. But um, I don't know that there's anybody that has done more with the transfer portal than Dan Mullen. But the and and it kind of has balanced out his mediocre recruiting of high school players. Um, and I think that it really does show, this is the part we talked about before. I think that it does show that once you've been in a program, particularly if you feel like it's the wrong program for you for a couple of years, um, you see things more clearly and maybe things that were important to you coming out of high school aren't as important now. Um, I just, uh, there's just that disconnect with Mullen and high school, uh, kids, you know, that, that, that disconnect doesn't exist between Mullen and guys that are two years removed from high school. So I would love to figure out like what exactly that detail is. And it honestly could be something as simple as the fact that Florida doesn't have their standalone facilities yet. Their locker rooms are not up to par with the top five or six, 10 programs in the country. Um, uh, you know, it really could be things as simple. There's no waterfall in the locker room could be as simple as things like that. And a lot of that is changing. UF is having a standalone football facility built in the place where they just tore down the old baseball stadium. It should be ready. I don't think it'll be ready by the time this fall season, but it will for sure be ready by the 20, um, 22 spring. So, um, that will help with recruiting, but I wish I knew what the detail was because there is such a disconnect between how he recruits with high school kids versus how he recruits guys that are two years into the wrong program. Yeah. I mean, and it's, you know, it's weird to say like that he was in the wrong program, right? Like at LSU, you know, I don't, I don't know exactly how that 
works out, right? But I mean, he's from Marietta, Georgia, and so it's kind of weird that you know he stopped playing with two games left, um, you know, and 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 didn't finish out the season, and then you know they asked Orgeron if he was going to play or not and he's like i don't know i mean he should be back next year i haven't heard anything about transferring and stuff like that so um it kind of makes you wonder like how how are these coaches keeping relationships going or what are they allowed to do what are they not allowed to do like yeah you know why florida now was fly you know i don't follow recruiting well i why florida now is the easiest question of the whole equation to answer it's because of pits if pits well, doesn't no, happen, I understand it's that. probably I just, not florida i just wonder like did did florida have a relationship there beforehand um, like were they hot they were, on him two years ago you know i don't like, know if they were super involved in his recruiting before i mean that's something i guess we could look up pretty easily but i honestly think that pitts essentially coming out of nowhere um put florida on the map tight ends wise also um the tight ends coach for florida tim uh brewer brewer brewster brewer, um is considered one of the best recruiters on Florida staff. And so the fact that he also is the tight ends coach, um, I think was probably helpful in that situation. But I, I honestly think Florida is as simple as pits. I, I don't think there's any mystery there at all. And I think that maybe not playing, I don't know. I don't have any inside information on this, but if you are incredibly highly ranked, you think you have this long NFL future, you saw what train wreck LSU was uh, this season. Do you play those games or do you go ahead and opt out when you have that option and you wouldn't normally well he would have got a win against florida if he didn't opt out so i mean i don't know that's true (laughs) i don't know that i i don't know i mean i don't know i don't know what his injury situation was if if he felt like he was dinged up and that's why he opted out i'm yeah i don't know anything about it if i'm healthy i'm probably never opting out um, i feel the same way but uh, Um, you know so maybe there was something to do with that like i said i i would have love to have been on the sideline when Marco Wilson threw that shoe. Oh my um, God. So that would have been enough to keep me in, in playing. I, I bet nobody will ever opt out before another Florida game. Um, <laughs> um, you know, so anyway, I, uh, it'll be interesting to see what he does. I also think that he likes that Mullen throws a lot, a lot, a lot of passes inside the three yard line on a goal to go situation. So oh, did you ask I him think, that? I think that that's something that also excites him. So, um, <laughs> you know, I think that that is, uh, something he, he will be thrilled about. So, um, uh, Florida state also picked up a four star quarterback out of Arizona. Um, I, I, I don't want to butcher his last name, but Nico, Markiol, M-A-R-C-H-I-O-L. Markiol, Nico Markiol. That's what we're going to go with here. Okay, um, I'm, I'm good with that. Move Florida State up to number six in the recruiting rankings for 2022. Um, so a good spot for Florida State yeah. to be in. Uh, it all will come down to what Florida State looks like on the field. Um, I, I don't want to say it's easy to be number six right now, but you know, you've seen teams have early rankings, um, that were good and then them fall back pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, you know, it all kind of comes down to, to what FSU looks like on the field. They've got a very tough schedule this year. Um, so we'll see if they can kind of keep that up, but you'd rather be 
sixth right now as opposed to 30th right now, I guess, you know, right? Like, so, you know, you'd rather have room to fall as, as opposed to having to make a bunch of it up. Florida State has the number one player committed in the country for 2022. Um, so we'll see if that sticks. Yeah. Uh, Travis Hunter has been very outspoken about not flipping from FSU. And so we'll see. Mike Norvell's done good things in the transfer portal. We'll see if they pan out or not. Obviously yeah. picking up Mackenzie Milton, uh, picking up a former former first star out of Georgia, picked up some other SEC talent from South Carolina, Auburn, places that lost their head coaches and gotten guys to transfer in from the SEC. So he's done a good job of that uh, to get guys to continue to commit and get guys to stay committed. Obviously the transfer portal is done, right? Like those guys are already on the team, but to get guys to stay committed in the recruiting process, you've got to win games. So if Florida state can find a way to win games next year, uh, obviously what we all play for, I think they'll keep some of these guys committed. Most of these guys committed. If not, it's going to be another tough year and he's going to have to do some more magic in the transfer portal. He's done a great job in the transfer portal, right? Like we'll see who pans out yeah, um, and who doesn't. On paper, he's done a good job bringing in, again, McKenzie Milton, four or five SEC-level guys. I mean, getting transfers from you know, Utah is different than getting SEC-level transfers. And so we'll see what happens with it. But a good recruiting week for, for both teams, for sure. Yeah, I think it's uh, it'll be interesting to see. But so far, they, you know, I don't know. There has been some teams that have really worked the transfer portal well. I think that it has kind of uh, reshaped college football a little bit. And I do think for those, I don't even know how to word this correctly. The transfer portal is dangerous and helpful if that, which is a total contradiction. But I think that there are some guys that it has worked out really well for. I think the idea that there's always an open door that you can sprint to is not um, great um, at all times. But I think that there are some places that have really made it, made the most of it. And Florida and Florida State are two of those. Yeah, Miami's been really good in the transfer portal as well. Like, I know we don't give them much credit on this show, but they've been really good there too. Uh, picking up Derek King this year was massive. That's the only reason they were relevant at all this season. They picked up KJ Osborne out of Buffalo. They picked up, uh, I forget his name, but another defensive lineman, that white, crazy looking defensive lineman that kind of goes crazy every play. Um, he was really, really good. Miami's done really good in the transfer portal as well. I think that teams in the state of Florida are able to do well in the transfer portal because they still have that legacy, right? Like Florida won four games twice in five years. Florida state hasn't made a bowl game in two years. Like Miami hasn't won anything relevant in the ACC ever, but it's still Florida state, right? Like it's still Miami. It's still Florida, right? Like you, you know, these other schools are able to sell you on all these hopes and dreams. And when your hopes and dreams crash out at Auburn and Louisville and Wake Forest and all these other schools, you you transfer back to the blue, like I you yeah. know maybe not necessarily blue bloods, but like the new bloods, right? Or like the the teams that are just right under that. And so like the you know everybody knows who Florida State is. You know kids aren't that young where they don't remember Jameis winning at all. Kids aren't that young where they don't remember Tebow winning at all. I mean nobody remembers Miami winning anything, but like they still want to come back to these type programs. And so I think that's helpful, right? Like when Florida State comes calling, a lot of these kids weren't getting recruited by FSU then, right? Like no, Florida State yeah. wasn't recruiting McKenzie Milton. They were recruiting right. Jameis and those guys back then. So, you know, I think that all three teams have done a good job of the transfer portal and, and we'll kind of see how that continues to, to work itself out. Um, but 
All that said, another successful episode where we say we're only going to go for like half an hour and it ends up being an hour, but a lot to talk about. Super Bowl week. We talked about the Super Bowl a ton this week, and uh, I'm excited to see it happen. I, I don't have DVR this week. I, did you, in 2002, did you, um, we turned down the TV and turned Gene up. Like, I don't think you can do that anymore because like the delays and stuff, like I don't think that yeah. is, a, is a possibility anymore. Uh, yeah, I honestly, I haven't tried to do that in so long that I have no idea if it's a possibility, but, um, I want to say my dad did that in, tw- in 2002 too. Hadn't thought about what we're going to do. My assumption is we'll just go with the broadcast. Probably what'll happen in this house. I don't even have a radio like in my house that I could like, I mean, you have a even- right? No, no, we what? don't. Do that. Elena would be all over that all day. Like, yeah, my kids play Baby like, your Shark kids are over all there, freaking yeah, day long. They're over there whispering into it, like, Mr. TJ, watch this. And I'm like, literally, you doing that. Um, so, you know, I, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't have that crap. So we have Siri. I have Alexa on my uh, Fitbit. Like, I guess that counts, right? But she didn't do much on there. She just tells me, like, what time it is and stuff. So, um, but yeah, no, the radio thing is not happening but if you listen to the radio instead of the broadcast send me a message because i want to know i want to know who the true radio fans are out here so um all right that's all i've got for this week i get it out of here before i get in any more trouble so we'll be back same time next week hopefully talking about a super bowl win if not we'll be talking about how i was right so either way i'm a winner on this one <laughs> I can see on I can that see the note, right? Oh my god! If I could, here. if I roll them any harder, they're fall out of my head. Twenty-five minutes away, I could see the eye rolls in Allie's face there. So, all right, we'll talk to you guys next week. <laughs>